Welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about this week's TV news. Well, the past two weeks' TV news is at Hams. Uh, we talk about pilots, we talk about renewals, we talk about shows being picked up for series, premiere dates, all that sort of stuff, and of course cancellations, which is in the titles, was the, the most prominent thing we talk about. It is, yeah. Do you know what one of the most annoying things about the fact that we're doing this every two weeks at the minute is? What is that? Because we had tentatively planned for last week we, we were you know depending on the schedule obviously it uh-huh, didn't happen yeah. but i saw something that i know was interesting and i was like you're not going to put that in the news i'm gonna have to remember that out for the re- life of me remember what it was but i know i, re- I remember seeing it that's a shame if we'd done this last week i would have whipped out that that's, very interesting piece of news i'm sure anything i could avoid you whipping earth and i'm more than happy with myself uh so we'll get cracking out of the TV news uh, for for the episode. Uh, I'll start off just by running through the uh, the the TV related Golden Globe winners. I feel like people might be vaguely interested. Uh, I literally haven't heard any of these other than one because I didn't I I didn't even know they were happening until the day after. Well, here's the here's the winners. Anyway. I'll, I'll just rush to them quickly. I don't, I don't want you to actually stop and talk about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so best drama went to The Crown. Best musical or comedy went to Shit's Creek, which is from Pop TV. I had no idea that's where that came from. Uh, best actor in a drama went to Josh O'Connor from The Crown. I'm glad it told me that's what he was from because I couldn't have told say, you. I don't, I, I don't even know who he's playing. I, he was Charles Prince of Wales, it lists here. Is his, oh, his okay, he's taken over from. Was Matt Smith playing him before? I want to say Matt Smith was playing him before. Uh, actress was Emma Corrin <laughs> from The Crown, playing Diana, uh, as you do. Uh, best actor for musical or comedy was Jason Sudeikis uh, for Ted Lasso. Uh, actress was Catherine O'Hara from Schitt's Creek. And then we have best performances in a miniseries or television film. Mark Ruffalo won for uh, I Know This Much Is True from HBO. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy won for The Queen's Gambit. Uh, for actress. That's the one I knew. That's the one you knew. And <laughs> My Twitter decided to tell me that one, apparently. And supporting performances, which combine all the, the genres for that one, for whatever reason. I, I never understand the Golden Globes. It just is what it is. No one understands the Golden Globe. They're nonsense. Supporting actor was John Bega uh, for Small Axe. And then, Very good. And then supporting actress was Gillian Anderson for The Crown. So uh, a lot of The Crown I would just there. like to say... That feels like a really strange choice for supporting actor for Bayega because Small Axe, if you're not familiar, is technically it's a TV series because it's a miniseries uh, from BBC and Amazon. So it's a miniseries, yes. It is, but they're all, uh, it's an anthology of, of films, some of which are full feature length. It's all a miniseries. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, all by Steve McQueen. Um, and John Boyega is the lead actor in his film. How is this any so different from Black Mirror? Well, it's not, but it, it seems weird to call, for, to put it as supporting actor. Um, but, uh, uh, that, that was the bit oh, I was questioning, right, I, not I, the I, anthology I, nature. I don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't comment. Yeah. Uh, also, just before we move on, because I'm sure the comments will give me shit, I think Matt Smith might have been playing Philip, not Charles. I'm going to go out on here and say the comments didn't give a shit. About who's they Matt might Smith have done playing. this week. 
<laughs> I don't think they would care. Uh, and then the final award was Best Miniseries of Television Film, which Queen's Gambit won for Netflix. Uh, so Netflix had a good year, uh, clearly. So there you go. They tend to uh, have a pretty good showing at the Golden Globes anyway, though, right? Uh, well, recently, yes. Uh, yeah, in the last year. Four or five years. Uh, yes. Uh, Crown had the most nominations with six. Shit's Creek had the second most with five. Then Ozark and The Undoing uh, had four. Then The Great and Ratchet had three. I'm surprised at Ratchet, to be honest. Uh, and a bunch else. So, And then wins-wise, though, uh, Crown won four. Shit's Creek and Queen's Gambit both got two. So, I mean, there's not a lot of awards to go around. So four is quite notable. Yeah. Uh, so that was Gold Globes. Uh, I don't really pay much attention myself, but uh, I know some people are interested. So uh, there you go. Uh, so I have some renewals and cancellations. Uh, it just won't die. The Simpsons has been renewed for seasons 33 and 34 at Fox. There's something almost nice that it's just it's just never going to die. It, it, it doesn't matter. Like when, when all the actors are dead... Because some of them are, you know, fairly old already and you know, probably should have retired if it wasn't just for Simpsons. Well, money. of course they're fairly... This, the show's been going for 30-plus no, years. It, it, exactly <laughs> my point. And I'm like, I, I'm sure that they're, they're probably looking into whatever the deep fake equivalent of audio is to, to keep it going <laughs> long after. Because clearly it still does well enough numbers-wise, right? <laughs> I feel I feel like once the act the voice actors who voice the family start dying off, you have to just yeah, that's where you have to end it. You can't they'll, they'll fake it. Depend, depends where that deep fake tech is by then. Uh, not that I care really, because I'm, I'm not going to watch it. But on principle, I disagree with uh, deep fake nonsense. I, I'm not saying they should do that. I'm just saying that I'm willing to bet they will. Mm. Uh, so Simpsons thirty three and thirty four are coming. If anyone was worried. Uh, more relevant, perhaps, to stuff we actually cover, Superman and Lois got renewed for season two. Uh, this happened between episodes one and two, so one episode did really well, and they said, yep, we'll, we'll pull the trigger on that second mm-hmm. season. So, uh, very cool. Um, a bit more on that later, actually, when we get to some other news. Okay, you've already got that. Oh, you're getting ready to interrupt and try and... I was going to interrupt. I was just like, maybe we should mention it while we're talking about the show no, already. But, uh, but then I was like, okay, you've got it later. I'm I still on renewals. ruin your perfectly scheduled I'm still on nonsense. renewals. Shut your mouth. You're already ruining things by talking too much. Shut up. Uh, Animaniacs <laughs> no. has been renewed for season three by Hulu. That'll make a lot of people very happy, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't watched the new one, uh, but... Uh, people were delighted it came back, and uh, it uh, seems to be doing well enough that Hulu are continue to promote it. Um, here's news that makes me happy. This is a cancellation that makes me happy. Uh, the Twilight Zone reboot has been cancelled <laughs> after two seasons. And given that there was only one really proper good episode out of two full seasons, I am not that upset that I don't have to review another season of this. So, Yeah, I stopped watching after, what did I do, three or four, maybe five? I don't, I don't know. Not that many. Uh, I, d- I did a handful and obviously thought it was terrible. Uh, so I'm fairly happy. So the, honestly, the biggest surprise of this new story is your introduction then, being happy about something. I thought it was because it was something I liked. <laughs> I don't know if I've got any news particularly like that this week, but I mean, it does happen from time to time. Oh, that, that's good. Uh, For me. I mean, I don't remember. I did half of this news last week, so I don't remember what's there. Maybe, there will, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised and there'll be something that'll, <laughs> that'll cheer me up Can and be. make you miserable. 
Uh, I'm okay with that. So this is a Jordan Peele uh, introduced, uh, intro- you know, narrated, sorry, and or hosted. Jordan Peele hosted is what I'm trying to say. Uh, honestly, it's really frustrating because there's plenty of episodes that had really good concepts, but then would ruin it the further it went and would overdo things. Uh, so it's kind of a crying shame that they can never quite, other than that one great episode in season two. Um, Are they 10 episode seasons? Uh, yeah, yeah. Season two definitely was. I assume one was as well. Yeah. I can't really remember. So w- one in 20 is, is not a great rate. No, uh, it really is not. Uh, but hey, uh, so that's the Twilight Zone reboot, uh, which technically it's Paramount Plus that are cancelling this now, not CBS All Access. But the, the, the oh, as, as the the change officially happened now, uh, it may still be just about to happen. Okay, uh, we have a premiere date for Handmaid's Tale season four. Uh, that is coming back on the twenty eighth of April, so it'll end of next month. Uh, we'll be going back to Gilead to see the the, the rebel. June is a star storm in the castle. I'll be honest, I barely remember how the last season ended. I um I would say depressingly ambivalent I, about the fact that there's more of this. I do remember, but I'm not going to say it because I, it's, it's the end of a third season, so spoilers. Sure, sure but, yeah, spoiler. I, 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 it wasn't a prompting to say it was more just a <clears throat> a point on the I remember my feeling more than the actual content. Hmm. Uh. <sighs> We'll see. We'll see if season four could step up a little bit and not have the the big slog in the middle that season three had. Um, That'd be really nice. <laughs> uh, at the very least, it seems to be setting up something a bit different. Uh, based on because there's a teaser trailer. Um, I didn't make you watch it because I didn't really watch it either. Because we're going to watch it anyways. You know, it's like it's just a season four. The, tra- the trailer's not going to change our mind yeah. at this point. But uh, from the couple of brief moments i saw in it it does look a bit different in the sense that june's going full kind of like resistance uh so okay we'll see uh that doesn't necessarily mean they'll make it be good but at least it'll be different as i mean one of the problems perhaps is that it wasn't willing to change enough uh so that was definitely something i remember saying quite a bit uh so that's coming 28th of april on hulu uh Speaking of premiere dates, Disney Plus had a bunch over the last couple of weeks uh, for things coming up. Oh, one of which I'm actually excited for. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars The Bad Batch, the one you care about, that's coming on uh, yeah. uh, the 4th of May. I can't believe you said it that way, just to spite people. I'm sorry, I said it the UK way. I don't say it the American way. No, no, no. I, I would normally agree that you said it the correct way, but in this one instance, you intentionally said it that way so that you wouldn't have to say May the 4th. The 4th of May. Mm-hmm. So that's, 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 that's how I say the date. That's how you say the date. It, it is. Unless it's May the 4th. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there are any other days that I say any other way, but that, that's the only one that springs to mind. Uh, and then Loki, the Marvel show, is going to be hitting on the 11th of June. So that's the first. I've got more, actually, but these were the two in this article. Uh, so what's interesting is, I mean, I'll, actually I'll get to this because this is, okay, I've kind of got something on this as well, but I'm pretty sure that Falcon and Winter Soldier does not take us up to that Loki date. There's going to be uh, a lo- nowhere near. I was just yeah. looking, uh, cause Falcon and Winter Soldier is only six episodes and it starts next week or two weeks time, 18th, whenever that is. Um, and it leaves us with, uh, I think it was six or seven weeks between those two dates. Yes. So, a longer gap, for sure. Uh, 
And then Disney Plus also did have some other dates here. They're not actually all super relevant to everyone, but just to sort of round them off. Uh, High School Musicals, the mu- sorry, High School Musical, the musical, the series, season two, is coming the 14th of May. So, uh, I mean, what will I do on that day? Play Resident Evil 8 or watch High School Musical, the musical, the series, season two? Oh, I know what I'd rather do. It's a tough choice. Actually, I don't. Uh, the Mysterious Bed Society is coming the 25th of June. Uh, Not sure what that one is. The new show. We've talked about it. Uh, Tur- okay. Turner and Hooch is coming on July 16th. So, okay. there you go. Uh, the new Turner and Hooch reboot. Uh, Chippendale Park Life is coming the 23rd of July. Uh, and that, that's a lot of shorter animated episodes, uh, I believe. That's not the like, film but it's the end of the list, so I thought I'd mention it. Uh, so yeah, so a bunch of other random Disney Plus premiere dates, uh, most of which are new shows, except from High School Musical, the, the musical, the series, which is a season the two. The mouthful. Yes. I might remember that, though, just because it's so stupid. <laughs> it is so stupid. It's, it's one of those things where, once I understood what the concept of the show was, it kind of I I understood the title, but it's still stupid. Yeah, on uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, actually. So Feige was talking at the TCAs. Uh, oh God, which is a little bit different. Uh, it was well, it was basically just talking about why it's six episodes uh, as opposed to you know what One Division did. Uh, but he still refers to it as six hours. So I think it is notable that this seems like it's going to have close to full hour long episodes, based on his statement here. Uh, just that the format works better for what they're doing. Um, the main thing here, though, was people asking why these are so short, and it amounted to they're expensive. <laughs> so, uh, it, yeah, no shit. He sort of said that in a roundabout way, but that was the gist of it: is that they're expensive. So, one division it worked better to have nine shorter episodes. Falcon and Winter Soldier six year ones. I never obviously looked into the runtime of, of one division, but did it add up to give or take six hours by the end? Oh, I'd have to. Okay, fair enough. I don't know. I, I, I didn't know if you happened to know that off the top I, of your head. I did not check, no. Uh, no. All right, I'll lay off. So uh, so that is that. Um, but on One Division, actually, he also mentioned that Wanda is going into Doctor Strange 2, the movie. Uh, there's no season two planned as of yet. Uh, but there were hints that other shows probably do have second seasons planned, Loki being the one that uh, might be most likely for a season two. So... It is interesting to see what ones do end up getting a second season. Um, Division specifically, I won't spoil anything, obviously the finale aired uh, last Friday, uh, but not only did it set up Wanda for where she's probably going to be in Doctor Strange, it did also set up where another character might be heading next in terms of the movies. So if there is a season two of, of Wanda, it, it, you know, it wouldn't be Division because the whole TV thing It would essentially be a, a separate yeah. limited series. I can see things like Loki seems pretty far removed. Um, I wouldn't expect a second season of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Again, you know, because I'm expecting them to pop back up in movies in between. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm expecting Falcon to become Captain America, so <laughs> I feel like... Right, more... exactly. Um, I, I would say Hawkeye, maybe, depending on what they have, oh, where oh, yeah. the plans they have for the future. I could see Hilly Steinfeld coming back for a Hawkeye season two. In that bit of- yeah, and that or they literally... The only reason why they wouldn't that I can think of is they have plans for Hawkeye as that character in, in, in a movie after that and they want to do something there instead. I mean, yeah, I mean, she makes it show up in a movie, but th- that's one where I can see the the the, 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 the premise of the character because you, you can... Jeremy Renner can leave and then she can sort of carry the show after that and it can still yeah. be a Hawkeye show. 
Uh, so uh, that makes sense. Yeah, um, Miss Marvel as well is one I'd expect that that would probably get a second season. Uh, very possibly. Although I'm pretty sure they confirmed that she is going to pop up in Captain Marvel too as well. So uh, oh, okay, and and I would say you know the the only thing that that maybe dampens some of my my plans you know there with uh, specifically those last two is. They may be planning some sort of Young Avengers thing, so they do like you know, like you know, just one season of each, and then just do a, a Young Avengers, and then go from there. Uh, it's possible, very possibly. Although I just want to clarify though, the, just because they have plans for them to pop up in movies does not mean they can't have season twos. I think that's very important to, no, to mention no, here. No, it doesn't. It just depends what their plans in the movies are um, and how major a piece they want to factor those into them. Um, well, even if it's a major thing, they can still have a season two. Just because a character goes off and is a major character, like in a movie, doesn't mean they can't then continue whatever ongoing part of the next story is. It, it just basically means they're getting seasons of a TV show instead of a, their own movie sequels. I, I'm not it, disputing that. I'm just, more it, just talking about it, depending on what the the character's status quo is. It might make more sense to do it as a separate, distinct show. Yeah, rather but than it, a season two. But it's no different than like Iron Man three happening after Avengers. There's, there's no one said, "Oh, no, Iron I'm Man can have a movie that. after we have Avengers." So, uh, no, I'm not disputing that. I'm, I'm saying more likely in in my scenario, the comparison here is rather than uh, we'll, we'll just take Hawkeye as an example. Rather than it being Hawkeye season two, it would be a separate limited series that is set after. In and in this sense. Iron Man 3 is Iron Man 3. It's a separate movie. It's not just more of Iron Man 2 in, in this context. Shut up. That is a stupid... It was not the best analogy. I'll, I'll grant you that. It's not more of Iron Man. That is your argument. It's not more of Iron Man. Iron Man 3 is not more of Iron Man 2. That is the words that came out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> it was not the best. Uh, yeah. But my, my point was Iron Man 3 is a separate entity. I... <laughs> You try to argue that a season three versus season two of a TV show is somehow that different in your head from a third movie to a second movie in a movie series. It's just... Uh, it could be. I, I just, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, so off the, the, the premiere dates, this is kind of a, of a break date, because we're going back to Superman and Lois here. Uh, although it does give us a premiere date for Supergirl's final season, actually, in the mix of all this. Uh, so Superman and Lois is going on a full two month break after episode five, uh, and this is partly due because they had to take a break in shooting due to a, a positive uh, test on the set, basically. And yeah, they had to shut down for a while, didn't they? So after episode five, it's going on a break until May the eighteenth, which I actually so I was like, oh, after when is episode five? Very, how long of a break is that? And I checked, and it's like the twentieth of this month. So it's like, oh, that's like a full two month break. So, while it's gone, Supergirl's taking its time slot, and then when Superman and Lois comes back, it's taking its time slot back, and then Supergirl will go on a break for the rest of that season, and then come back and finish in the summer. That's notable to me, because Superman and Lois is a 15-episode season, which means there's going to be 10 weeks of it when it comes back in May. So it's basically a summer show at that point. Yeah. You know, if it's coming back May 18th, is that, Which, it's not, it's not in, going to be done in, until, uh, what, end of July? June? Oh, yeah, end of July, yeah, sorry. Mid-May. I thought it was start May for whatever reason. Yeah. Yes. Even that doesn't add up. No, well, it doesn't. I, you, you, you're, your mouth Look, is all over the place. I, I warned you before I started. I am actually ill today. I have not been to work. Oh, so. oh, boo. 
Boo and well, who? I'm not quite with it. And everything in between the boo and the who. Um, but yeah, so this is... I mean, it's, I mean, I don't really think much of this, to be honest, other than, oh, I'm enjoying the show two episodes in. It'll be a shame for it to be gone for that long after episode five. It does mean, though, that we're guaranteed ten straight weeks of it when it comes back uh, in May, so... It's one of those things where, in a normal year, I'd probably be irritated by a two-month break. But given the circumstances of what is causing it, I'm like, well, what are you going to do, right? Um, sure, they could have delayed starting the entire show, but you know, how do you know that they wouldn't have had a problem on one of the other sets? And you know, this way, you just got to kind of roll with it right now. Uh, honestly, that's the one argument that does make a little bit of sense. You couldn't have waited. You couldn't have delayed the, the premiere. Because when the, the, the break in production happened, you hadn't even announced the premiere date yet, I don't think. So you, you couldn't have just held back another you know six weeks or something no i, I uh, guess my my assumption was that uh, let, let's say they just start supergirl in its time slot instead and they're mm. like you know assuming it was already shooting and on the same schedule give or take and it's just going to be ahead by the time it's done uh what happens if they announce that supergirl takes that slot because we're going to push superman back and then supergirl has a case on their set and they have to shut down then they you know then they've just got the same problem anyway so they kind of just made the call and went with it i guess yeah, which is funny though. Is Supergirl's final season then won't come back to continue. And I mean, literally, it's going to get through like seven or eight episodes while while Superman's on break, but it won't come back to continue its final season until probably the start of August, which is actually is this super a, late. Is it a full length season still? Supergirl? No, I, th- I think it's like fifteen as well. But you know, I just I'm saying that's though, still going to be finishing September, know, what, like October. Yeah, September, October time. Yeah, which is typically the start of the cw season yeah i mean on the upside superman and losses season two is probably not meant to start until like next february or march anyway so that'll still have a nice gap between seasons but i think it's it's fascinating how long this is going to have an impact on the tv seasons because obviously cw made the call this year that they instead of starting in october like usual that they didn't start their season until you know uh, you know now uh, mid-january i think it was they actually started um, which is significantly later than usual, but it's 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 not just going to be all caught up. It's not like they're just running things without breaks. They're going to have a, a knock-on effect probably for another season or two yet. Yeah. Uh, and it's worth mentioning as well, it's not like everything came back in January. I mean, Superman only started, you know, two weeks ago, and then... They still have technically mid-season content as well, and summer shows because they have summer scheduling now, uh, including Stargirl. Yeah, so... Uh, which is basically to say that I don't even think that January, uh, that's when they started things, really counts. Like, it counts in the sense that, yes, the first things that came back came back in January, but yeah. it wasn't the onslaught that October used to be where everything's back within a two-week span. And, like, oh, the entire slate's here. It, was, it wasn't that yes, at all. Yes, it was a lot more staggered. I mean, I mean, uh, Flash didn't even start until the week after Superman, right? Yeah, so everything is so staggered, and it's, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go. I just take it as it comes, basically, is, is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Next up, we got some casting uh, for the Chucky TV show, which uh, mainly I just threw this in here to sort of remind everyone, hey, this is happening. This is the incontinuity with the original movie series TV show that Sci-Fi are doing. And uh, Jennifer Tilly is confirmed to be on board for the show, uh, which is kind of, was kind of expected, but it's neat to find, you know, just have it com- confirmed. Um, but uh, there's a bunch of, you know, the, the, the sort of regular teen cast of it uh, that are going to be here. Uh, Zachary Arthur, uh, Tio Briones, uh, 
Olivia Allen Lind, uh, Bjorgvin Arneson. Allen Lind, I, I assume related to Natalie Allen Lind. Um, she was on the, the X Men show. I've never heard. Of it. <laughs> uh, and then finally, uh, Devin Sawa is going to be recurring as well, who you may know. He's the only one, other than Jeff Tilly, obviously. He's the only one I know because he's uh, from the Failed Destination movies. Um, and I most recently saw him in. Actually, I most recently saw him in, seen him in uh, Hunter Hunter. But before that, the most recent thing I'd seen him in, and it was the first thing I'd seen him in since like 15 years prior. So he looked really different. So this is why I knew what he looked like. Because like, like he was an adult in Failed Destination. But you know what I mean? Like an adult. 15 adult. years still makes a difference. Like he went from playing a teenager to, oh, now he's a middle aged man. Um, yeah, he was in the fanatic, uh, directed by uh, Fred Durst and starring John Travolta. Uh, yes, uh, which is a train wreck of epic proportions. Uh, I'm shocked. Wasn't Sawa's fault. He he was, yeah, he was fine. He was, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Uh, other bit of casting here I thought was worth mentioning. Uh, now t- there tends to be a lot of casting news throughout the week of a, you know various pilots and new shows, and I usually ignore most of it because uh, it doesn't really mean much. All it would really lead to is me saying the premise of the show again, which we already do uh, when they're in the you know the, the, the pilot phase and the development phase. Um, but occasionally, uh, it may be a show that I say, hey, that was an in- one of the interesting descriptions we read. In this case, it's Light Years, the Amazon sci-fi show. Um, so to remind you, uh, this is the one where it's about a couple who discovered a chamber buried in their backyard, which inexplicably leads to a strange, distant, or deserted planet. They have carefully guarded their secret ever since, but when an enigmatic young man enters their lives, the York's quiet existence is quickly upended, and the mysterious chamber they thought they knew so well turns out to be much more than they could have ever imagined. So that was not too long ago we had that description in the the new Mm. show development stuff. Uh, So the the couple, a much older couple than I think we... I mean, I guess it makes sense if they've been guarding this place for years, but uh, they're a bit older than I was expecting, I suppose. I mean, in in my head, this is still TV. Though I want to cast as young as possible. Yeah. You could tell me they were in their thirties and have been guarding it for five years. Yes, and it still lines up with everything in that description. But the couple are going to be played by Sissy Spacek and Ed O'Neill. Uh, so okay, yeah, much older than you probably thought. Uh, Sissy Spacek, of course, was Carrie, most famous role. Uh, Ed O'Neill, Married with Children, more recently Modern Family. But I think he'll always be uh, Al Bundy to. To most people, I think. Probably, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they're going to be a couple. I thought that was an interesting bit of casting for that. So uh. it is interesting, actually, and it was an interesting premise. And yeah, it, it does. Just having you know, a, a, it sounds weird, but just having like okay, it's an older couple as the casting changes my perception of the show. Just you know, when I'm imagining what it's going to be like, it's probably got a different feel now. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go to the the shows in development. Then we'll start off with the the comedies. Well, at least some of the comedies. There, there is a I've grouped some things together. That's a mix of dramas and comedies for a reason in a little bit. Uh, but better be a good reason. Uh, we'll start with a show called Am I There Yet? It's a comedy series in the works at Amazon. Uh, so this is a comedy series based on Mary Andrews' best-selling semi-autobiographical book. Uh, from writer Camila Blackett and Rachel Broshanan's Scrap Paper Pictures. Am I There Yet? is a soulful, honest, and optimistic guide to growing up, capturing all the feelings and comical complexities of budding adulthood in your 20s. 
Uh, very vague. There's not a lot to go on there, really, in all honesty. It was incredibly vague. Yes. And I don't really know any of the people involved. Uh, nor do I. But, hey, there you go. It is what it is. Um, next up, uh, Party Down. Uh, did you ever watch Party Down? The name's familiar. Yeah. Party Down was a two-season show uh, from around 2010, 11-ish, something like that. Um, which I remembered hearing about, and it was kind of notable in that for some reason, when they made this show, they never locked their actors out of contracts, so they lost a couple of their stars to other shows. Most notably, um, we had, uh, what's his face? Adam Scott got nabbed by Parts and Rec at the time. So that gives you a bit of a timeline if, if, if I was slightly off with that. Um, Lizzie Kaplan was in it. Uh, Jane Lynch got nabbed by Glee, which is... Uh, for some reason, Glee feels way older than Parts and Rec, but yeah, I guess I guess there's a yeah, yeah. it's in sync. I, I I do think I don't think I ever watched the show, but I think I know it because yeah. of all these actors. Yeah, Ken Marino was in it. Um, you also had uh, speaking of fact, connected to Parts and Rec, uh, Megan Mullally, uh, you know, Ron Swanson's mm. wife, uh, Tammy too, <laughs> specifically. Um, also his wife in real life, but notably Tammy too in the show. Yes, uh, was in it. So uh, this was just a show about you know uh, you know caterers basically party caterers who you know there was they'd be at different parties each episode i actually did watch this i, I saw i sought it out after it already ended but i was always curious it's got an interesting cast and it was pretty amusing you know for the most part uh but apparently so this was rob thomas was uh involved in this so, so was paul rudd on the producing side and apparently they're looking to revive it uh and at first i i read the headline party down revival in the worst of stars and i immediately assumed Ah, oh, they're never getting that cast back. They're probably just going to like redo the the premise with a new cast. Uh, but it sounds like they may actually want the cast back. Uh, which uh, enough time has passed. Maybe they're all free now. <laughs> so, I was gonna say all of them are feasible gets for someone. Did you say stars? Yeah, stars are the ones doing this now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like they can throw budget around if needs be a little bit. I mean, maybe not on the. Massive proportions, but for all those names, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, they're not the hugest of the huge names. Uh, it, it's just, yeah, it was this weird thing where they didn't lock anyone down, so they, they lost, like, two or three of their main cast members to other Why shows. Why would they not do that? So, like, that is strange. I, I thought it was just standard practice to lock down for X number of seasons. Yeah, I don't know if the original was on Stars or if it was a network show, because I remember it feeling quite networky from what I remember, so... Maybe it's just Stars was doing the revival. Maybe it was like a, you know, wouldn't be the first time, would it? NBC or CBS or something back in the day. I don't know. Um, but hey, I, this is interesting. I mean, I enjoyed the two season show well enough, um, and I, I would recommend checking it out. I mean, it's not because it's a, a comedy. It didn't have that much of a plot. And to be honest, the final episode of season two did kind of have. It wasn't like we we know we're not coming back. So here's a complete series finale. But it felt like a nice enough bow to what the show had been about that it kind of worked as an ending. So it was mm. like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, but at the same time, if they'd come back for season three, you could sort of see how they made, oh, we'll do some plots out of these things that we sort of ended on. Yeah. Were they full 20-odd episode seasons? Uh, no, they weren't actually. Uh, yeah, I think they were about 13 maybe, something like that. Okay. So That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I wonder, was it maybe like a summer show on a network? I can't remember. Maybe it was stars. Maybe maybe I'm just completely... <laughs> maybe maybe honestly, it was in the whole time. My, my, my perspective is so skewed because I heard about it on a podcast and I watched it after it already finished, so I binged it in like a weekend. Because, you know, there wasn't that many episodes of a comedy. So, uh, yeah. 
I'm looking networks, Hulu and Stars is what it's telling me on Google. Oh, interesting. So assuming Stars, it would have been Stars yeah. at the time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, part of the main premise was that Adam Scott was like trying to be an actor, I think, and so, but so he was doing this job as like I'm a failing actor, so this is what I'm doing to make ends meet whilst I'm going for additions and stuff. That was kind of the mm. the gist of it. Uh, but yeah, that was all right from what I remember. So that's cool. Uh, next. Up, Single Drunk Female, a comedy starring Sophia Black Diella, has been handed a series order at Freeform, everyone's favourite network. Uh, of course, they brought us uh, that mermaid show. Uh, so You definitely forgot the name of I have, yes. So, 10 episode season has been ordered, written by Simone Finch, who's from the Connors, so she's working on that. Uh, so yeah, single drunk female falls irreverent alcoholic Samantha Fink. Oh, you've got something in common with her then. Uh, who after a spectacularly embarrassing public breakdown is forced to move back home with her smother to sober up and avoid jail time. I assume that's a smothering mother. Is yes, I, I do not like this show's comedy already. <laughs> when her it seems smug. childhood BFF reveals surprising news, Samantha realizes she can no longer qualify as a party girl. She's a walking disaster. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not for, I will. I mean, I will credit the description for telling me that I, I'm not sure, going to enjoy sure. this. Uh, it had style about it enough that to some people that might sound great. I think you combine that description with Freeform as a network, and I think we run for the hills. But pretty much, there you go. There it is. Uh, next up, Netflix is developing a Terminator anime. I mean. The Pacific Rim anime came out this past week, and I watched it all. Uh, it's only like seven episodes. The runtime's not actually that much more than just like, you know, here's another Pacific Rim movie. And that was a lot of fun. Like, that was really good. Way better than I expected. So I'm more optimistic about this news now than I would have been, you know, just a week ago. Terminator 1 and 2 are near and dear to my heart, and I've suffered enough bad sequels, some horrendously bad sequels, that <laughs> yeah. now to turn it into anime trash is just, like, salt in the wounds. I, I, just leave it be. I, I think I'm going to enjoy this a little bit more, knowing that it its very existence hurts your soul. Yes. Well, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not, no interest for oh, me. Oh, come on. You're not going to do mm -hmm. the first episode. I, I don't want to. Uh... So they've ordered this anime from Skydance. Uh, Matson. I have just remembered what the news article was. Matson Tomlin, a writer on Robert Pattinson's The Batman, is set as showrunner and executive producer. So there you go. The Terminator. There's there's no like specific description for the anime, but I mean it's Terminator. You know, robots it's, from the uh, future. Th th there'll be some sort of time travel involved, and there will be a Terminator. That's. And, and then they will animate the shit out of it. There may not be. It could be set in the future. It could be. I, I suspect they'll want time travel because anime loves some time travel. I'll take your word for it. Next up, Roald D. Moore, the, the guy behind Battles of Galactica and currently for all mankind on Apple, is developing a Magic Kingdom universe for Disney+. Plus. This is a weird story. Uh, never, never has a name I like been associated to something that I have no interest in. And not even in an angry way. It's not like he's doing something that I hate. It's just something that's just so far removed from anything I care about that I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> there, mm, earn that paycheck. Yeah. Uh, so, developing multiple TV projects at the streaming service, uh, which are all going to be set at Disney's Magical Kingdom. 
Disney's refusing to comment on it, apparently. <laughs> oh, this is a great news story. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so they're going to be set all around the Magic Kingdom uh, themed lands and characters. So I guess if you're a big fan of Disney theme parks and you're familiar with all these things that they're going to be basing stuff so on. So what you're saying is this is for Matt. Yeah, Matt may dig the hell out of this. Yes, that's, yeah. that's true. Um, I couldn't tell you anything. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Board Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are our Patreon producers for the month of March. Uh, you can, of course, support us over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month uh, and get some bonuses for your trouble. Uh, obviously, the producing tier is a little bit higher than that, but uh, you can support us for very, very little if you want to. Uh, you can also support us for absolutely free by simply hitting the like button and commenting, subscribing, all those things help the dreaded YouTube algorithm, the dragon, which is to be slain, and we must kill it dead. And you can do that by hitting the like button. So please do, and thank you. So there we go. So moving on. So... Uh, this next batch uh, has some dramas, has some comedies. Uh, this is the Paramount Plus batch because they had an event last week in which they announced a bunch of shit, so I've got it all grouped together. Uh, this was their big kind of launch event, even though technically it's just a rebranding. They're treating it like this is our new service, and they're bringing out the big guns. They want people to sign up for it the same way that people have signed up for Disney+. Plus. And they realized that A, the name CBS, CBS All Access wasn't going to work for that, and be all they really had was Star Trek. And Star Trek will do a lot for them, don't get, don't get me wrong, but it's not going to be enough for the, the worldwide, like, everyone's going to jump into this. It's uh, No, it's obviously been enough that it's been the the main thing they've had for the last few years, has mm-hmm. been Star Trek. That's kept them going well enough, clearly. Yes. That um, they didn't fail immediately, at least. And yeah, fact, they have multiple seasons of shows. Part of the reason why they're rebranding is because no one outside uh, the North American territory has any idea what CBS is. So Paramount Plus makes more sense, and they are starting to launch in various markets, uh, and they'll be rolling out gradually in the new markets, presumably for the next several years, as all these big services seem to be doing. So uh, first up, the Halo TV show, which was Showtime, officially is now moving to Paramount Plus. And it will be one of their big flagship shows. Let's do this. Did you say boo this? No, let's do this. Oh, let's do this. I was just say, why do you care? Why would I? Why would I boo this? What? what I, I want I my don't. Halo show. Damn it. Maybe, maybe you'd be like, no, I like Showtime better. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have such a strong affection for Showtime. Oh. Uh, I mean, given that it's going to be one of their flagship shows, maybe they'll treat it with a bit more prestige and money than they may have otherwise done so. I mean, really all we have to go on is like uh, Star Trek, obviously they've, as much as we have complaints of the writing, I don't think it can be accused of holding back the budget. Oh no, the budget's not an issue, no. <laughs> so I would hope that maybe they'll put some of that, but you know, you know, not the exact budget, but you know, something like that into Halo as well, the, you know, being that it is such a pretty big property already. Quality control, maybe they could spend some more money on, but uh, I won't budget. argue with that. <laughs> Budget's not an issue. Yeah, so that's, that's the big thing. Uh, not really much more than just it's moving and it's now a Paramount Plus show. But I guess it makes sense. They want some big flagship things, some big IP that make people care. Uh, so now they have Halo. So there is that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I'm going to be mocking as we go through this is that when I was hearing a lot of these announcements come out, 
I basically rolled my eyes and said, so not only are they calling it Paramount Plus, they're following the Disney Plus formula of rebooting the shit out of everything they own. Pretty much. Just before we go any further into this particular mm-hmm. news story, the news story I had forgotten but then remembered is to do with Paramount Plus, and I probably came out of this stuff. So I'm very intrigued to see if you've got this specific element in there or if you've overlooked it. Hmm. We'll see. Because it's the bit that excited me. So, Criminal Minds is getting revived <laughs> at Paramount Plus. Did, did we not speak about this already? I think we might have done. Or you're th- I, got, I got deja vu with this. Or you're thinking of something that's a very similar name. It's very possible. They all sound the same. Are you thinking of an NCIS, maybe? Or maybe or maybe you're thinking of a Law and Order, or I don't know, whatever we talked about recently. Like, <laughs> even if we did already talk about this, uh, they mentioned it in their, their big thing, so I'm, it's worth That's fine. Yeah, yeah. throwing in here. Uh, so they're bringing this back for a reboot, uh, and it's going to have a 10 episode. So, I mean, it's getting a shorter season. Uh, you know, yeah. In this format, so that's the thing. Uh, so... Yeah, Are they bringing everyone back? 15 season run. Uh, doesn't seem to be known yet uh, if they're going to bring people back. Um, but, yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously we don't really... Uh, get... we, we don't care. We're not, we're not going to watch this revival regardless. No, we don't give a toss. Uh, so, yes. But yeah, so that's just ended last year, right? Just for the record. Yeah. I'm sure we if we didn't speak about it in regards to this specific announcement we we definitely spoke about this recently like this show in general when we were mm-hmm. talking about other shows of this kind because you were surprised to learn it had Aisha Tyler on for the last few years ah yes that's about right uh something else we already kind of knew about but again well we knew there was talks about it now it's confirmed uh Frasier the reboot is now official it's happening at Paramount Plus uh, obviously, the star's coming back. They've apparently contacted uh, David Hyde Pierce, who plays Niles, to come back. Uh, and I'll say what I said the last time this came up. Well, if you have Niles, you have to have Daphne, or there's a problem. Yeah, we had a whole conversation yes. about this like so, a week or two ago. Yeah, we won't go into it again, but that's just that's just how it is. Yeah. So so that's official. Uh, so this is one of their big IP is Frasier, so they're going to bring Frasier back. Uh, here's one, again, rebooting things. Rugrats revival. <laughs> Do you know what? A lot of these things, I, I I skimmed this list when they announced it very, very briefly. Uh, this one didn't catch my eye for whatever reason. Um, did not expect it. Mm-hmm. So the voice cast behind the original 1991 animated series will reprise their roles for a revival show on Paramount+. Plus. This is a CG reimagining of the beloved series uh, that follows the toddlers as they explore the world beyond their paint-sized and well imaginative point of view. Uh, and there is actually a little CG clip that you can go find if you want to go see what this looks like. Uh, I'm I'm not sure I want to see it. I'm not <laughs> sure I want any of my memories of Rugrats infused with whatever this monstrosity will be. I mean, they got the voice cast back. I mean, there's there's some through line sure. for people who care. I mean, that's the thing. Though. Anyone who watched Rugrats in the '90s like is now an adult and won't give a shit. And anyone who's young enough, uh, you you are you are overlooking the power of nostalgia, my friend. <laughs> I mean. Okay, I mean, if you're someone who cares about Rugrats and you're mad that they're rebooting it, I mean, I mean, I'm mad in principle they're rebooting so much, but I'm not specifically mad they're rebooting Rugrats because I'm never going to watch Rugrats. No, like, I have fond memories of Rugrats. I remember enjoying it. I'm not mad about this. I just, I'd rather not see it so that I don't have it 
in my head whenever I think about Rugrats. I, I saw it a little bit. Uh, I think my honestly, the thing I remember most about Rugrats is I played and completed the PlayStation 1 game, which was a Search for Reptar, where you're looking for puzzle pieces. Mm. Uh, so that, that's my main Rugrats memory. Uh, next up, Star Trek Prodigy, which is one of the animated Star Trek shows, uh, is going to be launching in Paramount Plus, of course, which is not surprising. But, I was say, that was a given. Did they give us a date with this? But again, uh, no, I don't think so. No. Um, but uh, would you let me actually look at the thing? Because you, you asked me a question that might be further down before I get there. Like, let me actually flow through it. Well, I'm sorry for you not being able to read quick enough. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, so, obviously, we, we knew this would be coming uh, to the service. This is the one that's uh, working with Nickelodeon, which is also owned by the same company, admittedly, but uh, it is going yes. to be on Paramount+. Plus. Um, so, the 20-episode first season of the show, uh, which is notable for a streaming service. I mean, obviously, it's going to be shorter animated episodes, but still, it's worth mentioning. I, I mean, even like when Netflix does animated shows, couple of exceptions aside, they still tend to be shorter seasons. Hmm. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So, we don't know exactly when it's coming, but they're expecting it this year. Alright. Yeah, got plenty of time yet, then. Yes. Uh, and it's notable this is the first ever children's aimed... Uh, I mean, there's been... Obviously, the original animated series existed, but they're claiming this is the first ever children's aimed animated Star Trek show. Having seen about a season of the uh, original animated series. Uh, I, I think that's a fair claim to make. Did it have more than one season? I think it had two. I don't know if it did. I don't know, maybe I've watched it all then without realising. I'm fairly sure. There's only one box set, I know that much. I mean, what do I know? Uh, yeah, I was... I watched a season and assumed there was more, but... <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, Star Trek Prodigy is coming later this year. Uh, so that is that. Uh, now, back to reboot business, though. So, rebooting as TV shows, they have the following in the plans. Love Story, Fatal Attraction, Flashdance, The Italian Job, and pa The Parallax View. I know some of these things. I don't know all of these things. I know most, but do we really need more? The Italian job. And no, but these join two other things that were already in the works, which is a Grease prequel, uh, which is a film, admittedly, uh, and a Godfather making-of series called The Offer, which is a little bit different because it's a making-of series, but... I, I'll allow that. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, a, a streaming service like this is a perfect place for, you know, docu-series like that. Yeah. Is it a docu-series, though, or is it, or is it a dramatised telling of... It's a good question. I don't know, honestly, but making-of, I would assume docu-series but i could be wrong I, I don't remember talking about it before yeah uh so uh, there there is small descriptions for some of these um yeah so love story uh this doesn't have a proper logline section here but there's a quote uh, from the main title theme to the class conflict and the classic american style love story is truly iconic we're beyond excited to update it for the next generation um I'll be honest, I don't really know what Love Story is. I've heard of it, but I couldn't really tell you anything about it. I'd have to look at What comes up? A 1970 movie? Yeah. I mean, sure, go ahead, remake it. Who cares? It wasn't an invitation to look it up. 
I was intrigued. Uh, Fatal Attraction, which I have seen, uh, the movie. Uh, the mm. logline here for the show, though, is a deep dive reimagining of the classic psychosexual thriller and 80s cultural touchstone Fatal Attraction through the lens of a modern, a modern attitudes on strong women, personality disorders, victim shaming, and coercive control. Um, maybe there is something to do with this in a modern context, but again, I have to roll my eyes because you own Fatal Attraction, so now we have to do a Fatal Attraction TV show. Um, I agree. I think the what they're actually saying is makes an interesting show, mm-hmm. but you could probably do all of it without calling it Fatal Attraction. Yes, you could just call it something else. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, Flashdance, uh, I've not seen, but I'm familiar with the, the concept. Uh, I'm sure you are. Logline here, uh, a young woman struggles to make... Her mark in the ballet world while navigating romance, money, art, friendship, and how to love herself. Uh, I think there was some professional professional and personal life business Th- in there. There absolutely is, but as I already told you, I am ill, so I'm not drinking. I don't think that would stop you, to be honest, but... Uh, I, d- I would rather not violently throw up alcohol. Mm-hmm. That would be a waste. Yes. Um... Wait, I thought the Grease thing was a prequel movie because the description down here says script to series, which implies it is a show. Uh, Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies is the title of this. With both classic and new songs and a diverse cast, the series is a prequel to the unforgettable musical film Grease and tells the story of how Frenchie's older sister Jane founded the Pink Ladies. I'll pretend I understand any of that. Um, I, I watched Grease when I was like eight. And then did some of the songs in the in an orchestra once. And I, I have no idea what this is on about either. So I'll let you off. Yeah, again, we own a property people recognize the name of, but you have to reboot it. Uh, this can join Turner and Hooch over at Disney Plus's Weird Things to Bring Back. Uh, next up, The Italian Job. Uh, when the grandchildren of the legendary Charlie Croker inherit his old safety deposit box, the quest for the infamous Italian billion is reignited. Joe, believe it or not, I've never actually gotten around to watching the Italian job, even though, of course, it's supposed to be very good. Um, mm-hmm. But this does sound like it's actually kind of in continuity. Whether it. It's more of a sequel than a... Re- this is... I think we've spoken about this before. This is the director-to-video sequel, mm-hmm. where it's the same plot, essentially, just with different characters. And technically, it's a sequel, but it's just the same thing again. That's what this sounds like to me. Yeah. Oh, here's this Godfather one. We'll see what uh, the offer is called, which that's a good title, uh, given mm. uh, the you know, I'll give him that the the movie's uh you know famous lines, uh, a scripted limited event series from Paramount Television Studios based on Oscar winner producer Al Ruddy's extraordinary never revealed experiences of making the Godfather, ten episode series. So that sounds like it's uh dramatized. No, I agree. To me. I take back. Yeah. Um, of made me think docuseries but uh this sounds more like something like uh, you know like uh, netflix with a uh, mank um you know that that movie it sounds more like along those lines of you know it's half biopic half telling a specific story hmm. but i think it's still fair to call it the making of the godfather no, though, I, I do but... as well i'm not disputing yeah. that uh, and then the parallax view uh the log lines a scripted series from paramount television studios based on the iconic film telling me nothing about what the film do you, is do you know this film no i've never heard of this oh thank god <laughs> i've never heard of the an iconic view. film i'm like with a name like that which is a fairly distinctive name i was like surely i have heard of this but nothing 1974 film 
Uh, <laughs> I'll just a thriller for the quick glance. I'm looking at it on Google. Yeah, okay. Okay. And that was Start- that all they gave us for the show? Yeah, I saw it. Based on the iconic film, that's all it says. Right, okay then. <laughs> Very iconic. Is there, is there yes. a, a Wikipedia logline for the movie? Uh, oh, Wikipedia tends to just write out the entire plot. Uh, yeah, wait, fair enough. The Parallax View is the second installment of Pakula's political uh, paranoia trilogy. Oh, it's more of a director's oh, okay. theme trilogy. So, oh, that, yeah. makes, that makes sense, that's fine. Uh, along with Clute, which I have heard of, and All the President's Men, which I've definitely heard of, because <laughs> yeah. most people have heard of that. Uh, <laughs> Did so you know this these were the... part of a trilogy, though? Not really. I mean, it's not I mean, not really part of it. It's the no, same no, way. No, no, no. It, like, you know, it's, it's a Cornetto trilogy. You know. Or Carpenter's Apocalypse trilogy. They're not really right, a trilogy. Yeah. It's just a grouping of the people put together for a director's work. But, uh, interesting. Okay. All right. Sure. Super excited. Uh, about that not really but you know uh, so that was that was that article with that big list of things uh paramount plus is also building you remember that waco which was that sort of texas shoot, shoot standoff like miniseries yes uh that did well for them when it was on their paramount channel they're do- basically doing a new anthology series called american tragedy which will essentially do seasons of miniseries like that oh uh, god that is such an insensitive title like, you know those tragedies? Well, we're going to make money off them. That's that's all I can think when I can hear that title. Uh, yep. So yeah, Waco was a six-episode series uh, in 2018, which was on Paramount Network. Uh, so that's the idea here is that it's going to do similar things like that, but under a, a banner, under a overall title that's going to continue. Did they happen to tell us what the next one would be? No, it just says it'll tackle complicated moments in true crime. That's all it says. Okay. So that is that. Um, now, technically, this next thing is not TV, but just to add into the, they keep re- the rebooting and sequelizing more things. I'm just going to quickly list you some movies they're doing as well, because uh, apparently they're going to be making a handful of movies each year that will go straight to Paramount Plus. Okay. Um, so the next Paranormal Activity <laughs> will be going there. Uh, they're, they're still making new, those. They're they're. Making a new one soon. It's been a while. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, I just assumed I was out of the loop. Well, you are out of the loop, because you asked the silly question. They're not still making them. They stopped making them ages ago, and now this is them coming back. Uh, they're so, doing a new pet cemetery. Bet Tim's thrilled. Oh, yeah, sure. After that, the last one was so good. Uh, and also, the in-between, uh, that's going to Paramount Plus um, as well. Uh, I mean, it's worth mentioning they were already making this Paramount Activity anyway, uh, but now they're kind of like going straight to Paramount Plus. And they also talked about how the theatrical window for movies is shortening significantly. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, uh, for new things going to Paramount Plus, uh, for some bigger movies, it'll actually shorten even more than it, it would be otherwise, because uh, it's going to be a standard 90-day window. But for some of their big movies, whatever they deem to be their, their tent poles, they may actually shorten to like 40 days meaning that you're going to get something just over a month oh, later. Oh, cinema chains are going to love this. Yeah, well, between this and HBO Max, like, you know, th- this is starting to, you know, rack up. The, the more studios that do this, the more effect it's going to have. And especially as the more used to it people get. It's not just, oh, it's a one-off thing. I mean, HBO Max is already making that effort with it being, what, pr- you know, probably a good s- seven or eight months this year that are going to have movies that 
will also theoretically be in the cinemas at the same time. Hmm. People are going to get used to it. Yeah, and then just, I think this is the last thing we've got here from the Paramount Plus stuff. They're doing more Beavis and Butthead. Uh, I, I think it's a movie, though, rather than a, a show. Uh, and then there's a few other, like, uns- you know, unscripted stuff, like uh, Trevor Noah's doing a weekly show. Uh, Amy Schumer's doing a weekly show for Paramount Plus. So, but a bunch of other things going to Paramount Plus. So that, that was Paramount Plus's big slate of, here's all these things. Okay, well, I have one more. The one that, that oh. I, I I knew you were going to have this in there, you dick. This is because uh, te- I mean this is technically the, the parent company, but it is in relation to Paramount Plus as the story goes on. This is uh, Viacom CBS has announced a new studio uh, based around uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender called Avatar Studios. Now this goes on, uh, you know, the, the ongoing saga with Avatar uh, and its sequel show, Legend of Korra. Uh, is Netflix is currently in the process of creating a live-action adaptation, which is a TV show. We spoke about it before. Uh, and the most recent news on that show was that the the original uh, co-creators um, of, of Avatar left working on the Netflix show uh, due to creative differences, and they were pretty vocal about it, that they weren't happy with the direction it was taking. And this was obviously after fans were quite hopeful for that show, um, after the the travesty of the the live action movie. Uh, so this announcement is they will be making new original content spanning animated series and movies uh, with the original co creators. Um, they said the the first thing will be a theatrical animated title uh, with production starting soon, but there will be uh, shows coming to Paramount Plus. This is very exciting news because these shows are goddamn fantastic. I even see this. Nor do I give a shit, quite frankly. I, but... I think our audience does, though, because I think our audience cares about Avatar and Korra, because it appeals to a lot of our audience. Oh, that's why it appeared in our top 50 TV shows, as voted for by our audience. It was just forgotten and overlooked. I am telling you, the comments will back me up on this. People care. And I, and I overlooked this news, so I'm in line with their audience. There you go. Perfect. Everything fits together. Everything cyclical. Comment section, back me up. <laughs> this was news. This was never, news, goddammit. Never back up, Connor. Uh, Twisted Metal's getting a TV show, of all things. Why? Uh, because because people want to make a Twisted Metal TV show. Uh, Will Arnett's going to executive produce it. <laughs> uh, it's an original take uh, from Deadpool writers Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. I can see why writers of Deadpool would be suited for Twisted Metal yeah. Show uh, Twisted Metal include has included five video games across the PS one, two, three. Uh, started in nineteen ninety five. Uh, the action comedy. So this is specifically given as a, a description for the show. The action comedy follows a motor mouthed outsider offered a chance at a better life, but only if he can successfully deliver a mysterious package across a post apocalyptic wasteland. With the help of a trigger happy car thief, he'll face savage marauders driving vehicles of destruction and other dangers in the open road, including a deranged clown who drives an all-too-familiar ice cream truck. Like, I'll be honest. If I think this was based on a video game, I'd read that description and go, you know what, this sounds amazing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I- I'm going to ignore that it's based on a video game and just hope that it's as fun as it potentially sounds. And I know you have mixed two reasonably okay feelings on the Deadpool movies, that's a fair but statement, yeah. Based on though that description, 
I think it's safe to say that is exactly the sort of writers you would hire for that concept. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would. I would, all, all I would hope to uh, add on to it would be some good vehicle stunt work. Would be what I'd hope. I would honestly expect it as part of this show, ha- based on yeah. what the premise is. Yeah, it's a it's a car combat game for anyone who's not familiar with the game. It's just, you know, it's, it's just arena car combat where you're trying to bash on it. I think you've got weapons attached to your cars as well. I never played it myself, but uh, yeah, but. Um, you know, and they're talking about you know bikes and ice cream trucks. You know, you, you've got to have yes. some some sort of stunts at least at some point, right? Yep, could be a thing. Next up, FX has given a pilot order to Kindred, which is an adaptation of Octavia E. Butler's influential novel. Uh, from writer Brendan Jacob Jenkins from Watchmen, uh, Courtney Lee Mitchell from The Reluctant Fundamentalist, uh, and then Darren Aronofsky's company, uh, Protoza Pictures, uh, is producing. So that's neat. So this is FX. Uh, so this is a science fiction book uh, which came out in 1979. This is what they're adapting. Uh, this adaptation is centered on Dana, a young black woman, an inspiring writer who has uprooted her life uh, of familial obligation and relocated to Los Angeles ready to claim a future that for once feels all her own. But before she can get settled into her new home, she finds herself being violently pulled back and forth in time to a 19th century plantation uh, with which she and her family are most surprisingly and intimately linked. An, inter- uh, an interracial romance threads throughout her past and present, and the clock is ticking as she struggles to confront the secrets she never knew ran through her blood and the genre-breaking exploration of ties that bind. Uh, this sounds honestly kind of wonderful in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I actually own this book. I've not oh, really? read it yet. Uh, but I have owned it for about a year and a half now, but I have a very big-to-read pile. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Obviously, time travel will often play with characters, you know, characters in the present day, uh, going back to you know times like this, but I think I don't know if I've seen a a, a story focused so directly on okay, we have this black person who is going to travel back in time and sort of but, but the idea that she's coming back and forth and like yeah, that, that's honestly intriguing. The, the biggest surprise to me out of all of this is that it's taken this long to to put this onto TV or film. Yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of it, uh, but uh, I read that premise and went, oh, that sounds like it's... I mean, if they, if they nail this, this could be one of the best time travel stories ever told. And I, I'm not saying that it's easy to, to do, like, that, they, you know, that they should just nail it, but there's nothing inherent about the premise that should make it difficult to translate to screen. No, no. Um, and so, so and having a writer from Watchmen is a good sign as well because I think Watchmen was a very well written show so and did tackle a lot of uh, a lot of themes a, a lot of the, the racial treatment of the characters uh, throughout the history of that that show's world was a big focus of that show uh, yeah. so I can definitely see I, I can see this being special so this is, this is Kindred who's making this again? this is FX doing this FX, okay. And that's that's not a right place for it. Uh, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, it's not out of their budget range or anything. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about FX as a home. So that's neat. So that's a kindred. Uh, so cool, cool. Uh, next up, Amazon has set a creepy thriller series coming from uh, Hartswood Films, which is the production company that did Sherlock and Dracula. Um, enthusiasm after the last couple of seasons of Sherlock, and especially those dreadful episodes of Dracula that I had to watch. 
that you watched a lot more of than me. I mean, it was only three episodes. I watched two, you watched one. I mean, it's not that much of a did, difference. Did you, did you not watch all of them? No, no one paid for me to watch oh, the third one. Uh, for some reason, I thought someone did. No, no, someone paid for me to watch the second one. I just assumed someone wanted you to suffer. And I think they were hoping that I would say, oh, I'll just do the last one since it's almost finished. And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Yeah, so this is coming from British writer Tom Morin. Uh, it's called The Devil's Hour. Uh, a UK original that tells the story of a woman who wakes up every night at exactly 3.33 a.m. in the middle of the so-called Devil's Hour between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. Lucy Chambers' eight-year-old son is withdrawn and emotionless. Her mother speaks to empty chairs. Her house is haunted by the echoes of a life that isn't her own. Now, when her name is inexplicably connected to a string of brutal murders in the area, the answers that have evaded her all these years will finally come to focus. So this is, this is a show they're doing with Amazon. This is an Amazon original. So, uh, the connections to those previous shows uh, make me less interested than otherwise this might sound. I, I agree, but in the back of my head, I'm going, oh, it's only the production company. They're not, like, you know, creatively running the show that much. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that it won't feel anything like those at all. It's possible. I don't... Th- but, I mean, remains to be seen. It's one of those things where they clearly put those names in as going, hey, look at these big high-profile projects that will get people excited. And I'm sure there are some people that that will work on, but for us, it's kind of had the opposite effect. Mm. Uh, next up, Apple TV Plus has greenlit uh, an anthology drama called Roar, uh, which is coming from the creators of Glow. Uh, and it's based on... Uh, a series of short stories so each episode will be one short story effectively uh, and notably they have some big cast members uh, for this so obviously i assume all starring in separate episodes but we got nicole kidman cynthia viral uh merritt weaver and allison Bree uh, announced to start with so if that's four of the episodes out of the uh, the first season's gonna be eight episodes i mean that's pretty delightful cast there yeah uh, yeah, yeah. So, hard to complain so uh pretty neat um, so each episode tells a story uh, from a, a t- told from a female point of view. Uh, they're all half-hour episodes. It's not a comedy though; it's a drama. So it's like, mm. so they're essentially short films in, in a lot of ways. Uh, but uh, neat. Uh, There's no other kind of theme or anything as to what the episodes were are about, like what the short stories are. Just you know, from a you know a woman's perspective, I think it was what you said. The, the woman's perspective. Um, yeah, okay. the, that's pretty broad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, each features a woman exploring different and absurd contradiction or issue in her life. So yeah, it's just very... I'm assuming it's open to a lot of different subjects then. Um, That's pretty broad, which is can be a really good thing because it gives them a lot of freedom and range to, to tell these stories. Yeah, so the book had 30 short stories and season one's eight episodes, so they got enough room here for a few more seasons if it's successful. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Neat. Um, so that's called Roar. Uh, and then we'll wrap up Surprisingly, no network stuff uh, this this week. Yeah, that is weird. Quite a couple of weeks for network stuff, unless I missed something, but I don't think I did. Uh, so well, you missed the Avatar news. <laughs> Again, I don't think I did. Uh, so, this is called What She Said. Um, and no, it's not a That's What She Said joke. Although maybe ironically there's a, a point to it having that, that same phrase. Uh, so this is Peacock has landed for development, uh, what she said, an hour-long series from Erica Green Sofford, uh, from who worked on New Amsterdam. 
and Good Girls creator Jenna Bans. Uh, so, BuzzFeed Studios is a thing there, apparently, because that's one of the studios behind it. Um, but re- Are you sure? Universal Television and BuzzFeed Studios. Who's this coming from? Peacock. No, 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 the article that you're reading this from. Deadline. Now, can we really trust Deadline on this? Well, I've got every other news story from them, so if we can, then I, you know... I mean, maybe their credibility needs to be called into question if they think BuzzFeed Studios is a thing. I buy it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, I buy it. Sadly, so do I. Uh, what she said is inspired by Bim uh, Idowami's 2018 BuzzFeed news story. What a surprise. Shocked. <laughs> uh, Meet the women who are building a better romance industry. Explore self-love, society's beauty standards, and challenges the old, predominantly white narratives of who gets to fall in love. With romance novels at its spine, the series will learn, or sorry, the series will lean into the wish fulfillment and sexiness that are hallmarks of the romance industry and highlight the awkwardness emotionally and psychology of finding the courage to embrace your full self out in the real world. So, I get like thematically what it wants to say or what it wants to explore i have zero idea what the show is actually about episode to episode <laughs> like what are the characters what are they doing <laughs> yeah all i got was you're doing romance show stuff and there's not much else to it to to hook me back in <laughs> and i'm like I, i'm, I'm kind of not for me right yes uh, i mean yeah, i think it's pretty safe to say not for us i mean i i, I respect the the idea of uh, challenging the norm that it's trying to get across, but there's nothing there to say. You know, it, you know, it, it follows a a writer trying to get a book published, so that's how it's going to explore these themes. And, and or... it's it's in a genre we're already pretty uninterested yeah. in. Yeah, but uh, fair enough. That's a Peacock Peacock original. They gotta have something, I suppose. Peacock original from BuzzFeed Studios. <laughs> two said, you know, two things that should not exist. There you go. That's the news. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, that's all I got for you. <laughs> that's it. I, I, yeah. That's basically it. Uh, I got, unless I've got any news I want to share. Uh, not really. Nothing's pretty me. There anything maybe schedule related that, that is worth sharing? I don't know if there is or not. I don't think so. <laughs> Okay, right. I'm significantly changing over the next little while. But I mean, one division ended last week, so that's done. Obviously, that means Falcon and Winter Soldier are coming in a couple of weeks. But that's 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 about it. You covering that one as well? Yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be checking that out. Yeah, I'm not even going to bother asking you to do the pilot because you're clearly just out on these things at this point. Yeah, I've made that decision. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you made that decision. Connor made a decision, everyone. So we have to adhere to that decision. Because, you do have to adhere to my decisions. Because, because it's, it's about me. That's how this works. Personal oh, agency. Yes, because your decision to not hear about the Snyder Cut went so well when I heard about that. It wasn't that it wasn't I'm going to hear about it. Of course I was going to hear about it. It's that I'm not going to sit there and talk about it like everyone else. There's a difference. <laughs> I got you talking about it. I got you talking about it. You didn't. I did. Uh, so, yes. Um... And uh, there's not really much to tell you this uh, this episode. Uh, business is normal. The things that are coming out are still coming out. Uh, that's basically it. Uh, we did do a pilot last week. We did a pilot for Debris last week, uh, which I was more positive on than Connor was, but... Uh, Shocking, I know. It was, it was worth, worth going and checking the pilot, uh, the 
well, just worth checking the pilot out, but it's worth checking our review out to see if you, it sounds like it's up your alley. Um, yeah. But just worth knowing, like, some of the stuff, like, uh, you know, Queen's Gambit, you know, the schedule's not been as consistent. That's mm. just due to my work schedule recently. Yes. It is still all coming. It's just you, things have been a bit in flux with, with my shifts. Yes. Uh, yeah, there was a trek last week, but the week before that, we, we had a week off week, uh, which is unfortunate, but it just still happened from time to time. Uh, so, but now everything else is still going as it, as it does. Um, yeah. Uh, if you happen to be a DC Comics fan, um, we're doing a top 50 DC characters. Uh, we're celebrating our comic book podcast, Comics from the Multiverse, hitting 250 episodes. So if you check out the newest episode that just went up at the weekend, there'll, there'll be a link to the submission form in that if you happen to have an opinion on your favourite DC characters that you'd want to submit. Uh, you can go do that if you want. So I'll just mention that briefly. Uh, otherwise, though, uh, I mentioned Patreon earlier, but I mentioned liking and subscribing, but I will, ins- I will insist once again to like and subscribe and uh, help defeat that YouTube algorithm. It must be slain. Uh, kill it with fire please. And comment about how much you care about Avatar. Or alternatively, comment about how much you do not care about Avatar. Uh, I think we'll equally be uh, pleased to see that. So, uh, do that. Um, Otherwise, catch us on Twitter at mail underscore fudge for channel updates. But that is us, so thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?